All right, how's it going, everyone? This is Jimbo Paris. Welcome back to the show. So today we have Janis Isaman, if I pronounce that properly. Okay, I hope I did. And, you know, so she's sort of the founder of My Body Couture. She is essentially focused on kind of improving people's fitness, helping them get sort of that, you know, that dream beach body. And, you know, she's a working mother. So she sort of manages a family and does all this. So again, very diverse person. And she's also an award-winning writer as well. So yeah, let's bring her on. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Did I pronounce your name properly? You did not, but that's okay. <laughs> oh my God. What is it again? Uh, my last name is pronounced Eisman. Eisman. Yeah. Okay. Jonas Eisman. That's right. I am so sorry. I am okay. so sorry. That's okay. It throws everybody off. So you're all good. Okay. So Mrs. Eisman, can we kind of start by getting sort of a brief gist of who you are? Yeah. I mean, your introduction was amazing. That was kind of super top level. You know, I've had, this is actually my second career. So I think the word diversity, diverse background was really kind of the nail on the head. So I'm, I'm just a really curious person. I'm really interested in improving myself and in helping other people. And so in my life, I do a lot of different things. I volunteer, I work, I have a business, I have a, you know, I have a family. And really what drives me is how does this all work and how can we make it work better? And I'm constantly taking courses and classes to try to learn more about the human body, human psychology, myself, and, and hopefully just kind of allow that to filter to the people around me. Great. And, you know, you're a very sort of diverse person. So what kind of inspired you to sort of go for all of these different roles? You know, you're a mother, you know, you're a spokesperson, you're a fitness expert, you know, you're a writer, you do a lot of different things. So I what do. kind of encouraged you to diversify yourself? Like, I'm not sure that it was ever initially a strategy. So I think like a lot of people, when I started my young professional life, I started to find it a little bit more challenging than what I was prepared for. So yeah. I grew up at a time when I would read magazines and those magazines always implied that by the time I was 25, I was going to be fully situated. I could accomplish my dreams and my goals and then away we go. So you have that almost Barbie like idea where you're a kid and you're doing chores and it sucks and you don't have those freedoms but when you grow up you're gonna be well dressed and you're gonna have a beautiful home and you're gonna have a career and then you get to choose your husband and you have this family and everything is just wonderful that's not what happened so i ended up feeling like something must be wrong with me why was i struggling with one of the most profound moments of change and i of course didn't know that in my life was I had knee pain. So I started running to be fit and I got knee pain that I couldn't figure out how to get rid of. So I didn't know how to even get help for this. And that wasn't something where I was like, oh, this is my future career. But that drive to, it was simultaneous. It was, how come this is happening to me? But it doesn't seem to happen to other people. And I later learned that's not true. <laughs> 
and how can I change this because I don't want to live like this because it actually was never in my expectation set that I would. I assumed that I my default state would be happy and thriving and successful. And when it wasn't, I was like, wait, how do we fix this? So I think it's just a bit the way my brain works. And, you know, honestly, there was a bit of that, like, this isn't what I was promised. So how do I, how do I change that? And over the course of my life, I've realized everybody goes through all of this stuff. And that, you know, when I grew up reading in magazines, we now serve it out through Instagram, but that's really not a realistic expectation anyways. But it did set my life path to a constant self-improvement pathway where I also felt very called and compelled to share what I learned with other people. Excellent. And sort of, I'm, I'm just curious, but what got you into running so much? I was not an athletic child. I did not enjoy sports. I did not enjoy fitness. It was bad at everything. And I grew up inside a phys ed program. It's changed a little bit since I was in junior high and even elementary school. But back when I was going through, the entire focus of physical education was really team sports. So it was, you know, your baseball, your basketball, your volleyball, things like that. To this day, I'm horrible at all of them. So despite being a movement specialist by profession and despite working specifically with people's bodies by profession, I am horrible. I would still be the last person picked for a team and I should be because nobody wants me on their team. <laughs> but so I, I assumed that what that actually meant was that I'm terrible at sports and athletics and that there's kind of no hope for me. So when I graduated from high school, I discovered that I actually running was different. I didn't have to throw a ball or catch a ball. There was nobody that I was going to let down around me because my skill set was not great with that. It was something that I could feel that sense of accomplishment and growth with, but that I wasn't actually answering to anybody else. I like to run with music, so I could put something on my, we didn't call them ear pods back in the day, but <laughs> the earbuds, the AirPods, the whatever they're called. And kind of get into my own little world and I could process emotions and I could review scenarios in my head and I could dream about the future, which was a very different doorway to sports athletics and my body than I honestly find any game with a ball really stressful. The ball's coming at me. I'm not sure where it is. I don't know what to do. And so it was just a, it was a really different experience for me. And I, I kind of just dove headfirst into it because I was like, wait, no one, no one told me that this was a possibility for my body when I was growing up. So how did you begin to finally discover your actual possibility? I mean, that's a great question. I don't know if I still have, <laughs> but I think that pulling on those roots of exploration and that diversity really for me has actually been the key. So I think I just gave an example of how I did that through sports and athletics in my body. And I continued to do that right now today. I actually haven't run for many years. I ran the New York City Marathon. Actually, I had a baby and then I ran the marathon, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend. And then running just didn't feel good in my body. So there was some other routes of exploration that happened in the meantime and in those intervening years. But I would say, how do I discover my possibility? I think through a little bit of curiosity every day. 
So mm. sometimes I even do it through conversations on Facebook. I see what people are talking about. It kind of sets my brain to move in a different direction of thinking about something or going and checking out a course or a class or occasionally it's Googling a word that somebody has said and it leads me to look at something new. But for me, I think it's a, a lot of creativity in terms of what's new, what's next, what does that mean? So that my everyday is filled with actual possibility because there's always something to be curious about. And I think that that for me feels lively. And so I don't think I'll ever reach my full potential because I'm not sure that that's my goal, but I want to investigate and explore life and the world while, while I'm in it. Hmm. Well, that's, that's quite interesting. And sort of, do you think sort of chronic pain is a big factor in your life? Like what is chronic pain? That's a good question. I work with people who typically, actually, when people come to see me, more times than not, they're actually triggered to come see me because they have chronic pain. So the definition that I'm working with in that world is a sore back, sore hips, sore knees, something that would be actually similar to what I described with my running injury, where you're just like, oh, okay, my brain wants to do this. I'm motivated to do this but I can't because my body's stopping me or where we get into something like, let's say it's a sore lower back. I have lots of people that try to go to the gym, their back hurts. It just doesn't work for them. So there's, there's a driving force there behind it. Chronic pain, obviously in different environments has different meanings. So, and that's not the medical definition, but for me, it's essentially you have things in your life that you want to accomplish. It could be relationships, it could be hobbies, it could be something to do with your career, it could be actually literally just being able to go for a walk. So something that you want to accomplish and your body's signaling of pain is saying, mm -mm, we're not going to be able to do that. That's not the clinical definition that's used in other modalities, but it doesn't have to be identical. So chronic pain in a doctor's office is going to have a different definition than what I just used. But essentially where the volume of that pain in your body is enough to distract you from your other life goals and your other potential. Excellent. And sort of, I'm just curious, you know, how did chronic pain sort of affect your life? Like, I know you're a mother, so maybe this just interests me, but do you think chronic pain might play a role maybe in influencing things like pregnancy and certain things like that? Like what happens with chronic pain in your life? So the first time I ever had it was, was when I was running. So I ended up with a condition that we now call runner's knee. It wasn't that clear at the time that that's what it was. And even when it was clear, we didn't actually have a clinical protocol to recover from it. So the role that that played in my life was that I had finally discovered something that I wanted to do in terms of fitness and my body and my health. And then every time I would try to do it, my knee would hurt. And then I sought solutions. They didn't work. So then I felt again, like, okay, you know, what's wrong with me? Something doesn't work in my body like it does in other people's bodies. Then it continued to develop to the point where I couldn't walk up and down stairs. And I lived actually in a home with stairs. So it wasn't really an option. So I remember kind of 
clutching onto the railing and almost pulling myself up because my knee hurts wow. so much. And so it really became a force in my life. It it hurt to sit. It hurt to go to a movie. It hurt to stand. It hurt to go up and down the stairs. And I wasn't that old. And so it became bigger than my knee hurts when I run. It became my knee hurts all the time. I have to do something about this. And the good thing about pain and your body, that's a signal from your body to say, hi, you need to do something about this. So I listened, but the pathway turned out to be decades long for me, <laughs> not just minutes. The good news is, per your question, that's not the first or last time in my life that I've experienced something that's chronic. It's not the first or last time I've experienced it in people around me, loved ones, people I care for, and now my clients. So our bodies will tend to have periods of this in our life. I meet a lot of people who say, I don't have any chronic pain. And then eight minutes later, they're telling me that their knee hurts all the time. So I think that also it's impacting more people than we realize. You absolutely are correct that pregnancy and postpartum is a huge period in women's life. For example, when there is often a lot of pain, I do have clients that come in because their back hurts. So what can we do in that window of their life? Postpartum, same thing. Your whole posture has shifted and changed. Your body's different. I also noticed that there's a huge uptick in it when people are, you know, using this as an arbitrary marker, but let's say 35 plus. So I have a ton of people that I work with and probably everybody who's listening knows somebody in this category, if it's not yourself, but where we wake up in the morning and your neck hurts or your back hurts or your knees are stiff or, you know, a common story is even, well, it takes me five or six minutes of moving to work it out. And then I get on with my day. So that could be foot pain, but we often have a conversation in our culture that says, eh, that just happens when you get old. And so for some reason, we think that 35 is old, which A, it's not. But we also don't think through, okay, if we're 35 and we're waking up and our back hurts and our neck hurts and our feet hurt or whatever it is, and the average life expectancy is 85, we're going to be living with that for 50 years. That's nuts. So pain is really, really distracting to the body. It's distracting to the brain. It's distracting to the nervous system. There is a reason that your body is giving off pain signals. It is asking for help and pregnancy being kind of notwithstanding. Maybe it is asking for help then too, <laughs> but we really need to give it the help it's asking for. So I've had a couple of spikes of these in my life. My child has had some spikes of those and I actually stop and I address them because I know that those things don't tend to spontaneously resolve. So a lot of us are looking for this is just going to go away. It'll pass. And it might if you wake up and you have a sore neck for a day. But if you're talking about it's been there for weeks or months, it's probably not just going to spontaneously resolve. So, you know, your love for learning, you know, and sharing is pretty evident both in your brand and, you know, your image. But how do you sort of make your knowledge and your insights relatable to everyone? Ooh, I love this question. So because I was not athletic as a child and I didn't understand how to do anything in my body, you know, 
I already said this, but basically if you throw a ball at me, it might land on the floor behind me even now. So it doesn't come naturally to me. And many, 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 many people in the health world have the opposite story. So if you were to go into uh, your neighborhood gym right now and pull the trainers that are in there, you're going to find probably, I'm completely inventing this, but just based on my conversations with my professional colleagues, maybe 10 to 15% of the trainers are going to be people like me. Jillian Michaels is the most famous person who fits in that category. She was also, you know, she was an overweight kid. She's quite public about it. It just didn't kind of come together for her. So like me, that became her career and her passion, but that's a really rare story. (laughs) Most people in those environments who work in health careers, it came naturally to them. They were good at it. They loved it. It wasn't sort of a, I had to really work to overcome this. So because I'm coming in from a different door, I always say once I can understand it in my body, I can teach it to everybody because it's almost like my body has a form of dyslexia where it just, you know, I can do the thing, but I, it doesn't make sense to my body. So to take a movement in my body, if I was going to teach an aerobics class, I have to break that down. I have to repeat it. It's not just something where I can watch it and do it. That That's not happening. So for me, there's a whole internal process of work that has to happen in order to get my body to do something that makes sense and actually looks okay. <laughs> so by then I have to really understand how it all works and then I can really teach it to others. Ah, uh, so... so- from what I understand from what you're saying is you're saying like your body, you know, you're, you're a very, well, I don't mean to say it this way, but it takes a while for you to learn kinesthetically. Yeah. So it just takes so long for you to learn that you end up really understanding it and you can then yeah. teach it really well. Is that what you're trying to say? hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So there is something wow. we don't right. really ever talk about. That's this. a good way of phrasing it. I like that. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. So most of us would be familiar with the term literacy, which is reading we have that but there also is physical literacy so inside the fitness community and world there actually are body skills that our body learns and they learn them at certain ages so for example if you take a nine-year-old out to learn how to ride a bike they can do it like that if you're trying to teach a three-year-old because there's balance and there's coordination and there's actually a certain amount of muscular strength there's usually kind of a graded pathway to get that child to that physical literacy. We can do it through practice. So for me, I actually probably naturally have very low physical literacy. And so I have had to learn how to break it down, simplify it, understand it rationally. I often have to learn kind of the anatomy or where are we supposed to feel this? What are we doing? How does this work? And then get my body to repeat the thing over and over. And then it makes sense in my body. But by then I've learned all of the anatomy, all of the why, all of the where, all of (laughs) So I have an encyclopedia of information in my brain that can then be shared with other people. I have worked with Olympians. They clearly don't need that broken down, but I have also worked with a lot of people like myself where they're like, this doesn't come naturally to me. So I have different tools that I can kind of pluck out depending on what level somebody's up. Good. So my body culture, you know, what is that essentially, you know, and what types of products and services do you now provide in that? Good question. So the name couture does come from 
it's from the French language. And we most commonly see that word in the fashion world and it means custom. So we're really talking about a garment that is completely customized for that person. And that's what I do with fitness, movement, exercise, nutrition, mental health, and all of the pieces that come in with the body. So I'm really customizing the program for the body that's in front of me. In the intro, you mentioned beach bodies. I definitely have those folks. I have folks that also just want to not have back pain. I have people that have never exercised in their life. I have people that have won multiple Olympic medals. So my goal is to take somebody's desires. What are they looking for? Are they looking to feel better? Are they looking to look better? Are they looking to move better? And what for? So it's going to be a very different program for somebody who is a, I've had teenage athletes, for example. So somebody who is a competitive athlete that wants to prevent injury, they're going to have a really different program than somebody who comes in and says, I just gave birth and I'm totally disconnected from my body. And they're going to have a different program from an executive who says to me, like, I really can't advance my career until I can fit my suits. I need to look a certain way to fit my suits. So what I'm really doing is I'm working with people. Number one is why are you doing this? So, you know, what is it in your life that you want to accomplish? I have people that list career goals. I have people that list relationship goals. The most common being, I want to keep up with the children in my life, whether they're mine or my grandchildren. I have people that list hobbies that they want to do. I have, you know, marathoning, jumping out of a plane, swimming, different kinds of things. So then we start to build that program. And the program is really built by what that person's body is saying and doing. So we watch a bunch of movements and then we start to kind of create a program. So absolutely everybody who comes to see me is plucking from quite a huge data bank of my different trainings and certifications and then all of all of that process that I explained to you which is you know let's talk about anatomy let's talk about muscles let's talk about body fat let's talk about function and then we're building a program so to the person is this seamless process is just one cohesive program but that's really what the background of that is so it's really all about customizing and part of the reason I did that is because I used to be the person that would go into the gym setting and just be like, I feel like I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't fit. My body doesn't do that. Or I'm not getting the result or they're telling me to feel it burning in this one area and I don't. So how do we make something for people that are like me? Because a lot of people are like me. Hmm. Excellent. So just to kind of end this off, you know, can you kind of, you know, provide some outlets for us to kind of reach out to you? Yes. And, you know, what are your last words you'd like to say before we let you off? Well, people can reach me at My Body Couture, which is three words, M-Y, body, B-O-D-Y, Couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. So you can reach me there at the dot com. And I did see that we had added a visual to that to this podcast earlier. You can also reach me there on any of the social media. So if I'm on the platform, it will be under my body kitchen with the exception of LinkedIn, which is under my name. So you're welcome to follow me, to message me, to connect with me and to engage with me on any platform that you can find me on. And my last words are 
you know, I think our pathway with our body is never linear. So a lot of people come to me and they, they say, I waited too long or, you know, this is all ruined now, or I've never been able to figure this out. And our life is a really long time. Our average lifespan is sitting in the eighties now. And if you are listening to this podcast, it's not too late to get started. You can make change in your life and it can seem small. You know, we referenced beach body at the beginning that might not be your goal. So maybe your goal is to get up off the floor without pain. It's not too late to get started. And quite often, I love telling this message. You know, we've been a hundred percent market penetration on the idea in North America that we should be going to the gym. So if you're not going to the gym, consider reaching out to someone like myself that does offer a different pathway. I have a different mindset. So go get the tools. It doesn't need to be me, but there's a high chance that if you've been sitting around for 20 years feeling guilty because you're not going to the gym, then it's not going to work out for you. I always love to tell people, you know, about 15% of Americans go to the gym. That means 85% are not, but a hundred percent of us have been told to do that. So if you're part of that 85%, there are tools, there are resources, there are people. And so get some different information, consider something different, consider calling an expert or getting guidance or trying something new because it's not too late. All right. Very good. Thank you again for being on this thank show. You. Thank you. And I'd also want to thank the audience here for watching us. I'll see you again next time. Uh -huh.